This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. Welcome to the program with a unique focus on helping Canadians avoid probate. The one thing everyone should know about probate is that it's not inevitable. With some planning and good advice, you can avoid the exhausting, expensive and time-consuming probate process and have your affairs settled quickly and privately. Speaking of good advice, here are your hosts of Avoid Probate. Good morning, Zoomer listeners. Welcome to the Avoid Probate Show. I'm Jason Laidler. Glad you're here with us this morning, along with the world-famous Ted Wallachin. Good morning, Ted. So let's see. It's the Avoid Probate Show. It's uh, avoid large crowds, avoid restaurants, avoid sporting events. It's, it's the Avoid Everything Show now. Yeah, but we don't talk about that, remember, on the Avoid yeah. Probate Show. You're right. We don't. We don't. How are you? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. A little, re- little restless, given... Uh, circumstances how are you i'm okay that's good i wonder if it sounds different if we sound different today uh to the listening audience we may because we're both at home yes because of what you said at our separate homes because we're not allowed in the building yes we're not in the same home just to be clear no and uh so it probably does sound a little different uh zoomers but we're glad that you're here listening probably from your home uh we're gonna talk about some good stuff today uh get back to that in a second but first of all i think it's important to note it's kind of a special day i've never heard of it before it's a very special day <laughs> it is you want to tell them no i'll leave that up to you well maybe we should say nothing about it since it is officially national nothing day whatever that means do we have any idea where that came from it, because you know that if you there's virtually every day is is a something day it's a national uh, sandwich day it's a national hot dog day it's national national pe- national pickle day yeah be kind to your neighbor's uh, uncle fred day it, there's always something going on and usually it's it's something that's, that's put together by people who grow pickles or who are bored well or, speaking of pickles by the way and no i'm not going to say what you think i'm going to say about pickles i'm going to tell you that uh for christmas one of my girls got me socks with pickles on them and I'm not sure why, and I'm not sure if it's a if, if it's a coincidence, because I don't think she listens to the show regularly. But anyway, I'm not wearing them today, but it wouldn't matter because you couldn't see them anyway. Maybe I'll wear them next time we're in the studio. So it'd be special. Yeah, it would be special. Now, National Nothing Day, to answer your question, I do have a slight uh, description here for you. In 1972, journalist Harold Pullman Coffin proposed National Nothing Day as a non-event to be observed by doing nothing. By doing nothing every January 16th. The next year, National Nothing Day made Chase's Calendar of Events, a publication that marks annual occasions in print since the 1950s. National Nothing Day is sponsored by Coffin's own National Nothing Foundation. Who knew? And uh, unsurprisingly, there is nothing to be found about that organization. True to its title, it doesn't even have a website. (laughs) 
So there. Oh, and of course, you know what? Uh, I, I can't help but think when you, when you hear like something about nothing, it reminds me of one of the best shows on TV ever. Do you know what show I'm thinking about? You're thinking about Seinfeld. I, I am. You are thinking about Seinfeld. I thought you would disagree. It's, I don't think it's, 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 you think it's, it's the best show of all time. One of the best shows. Uh, okay. It could, could, could be up there. It's, it's and of course, yeah, it was, it was the show about nothing, as they said. Although it wasn't really about nothing. It was about a stand-up comedian, because I was listening to an interview with uh, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, as a matter of fact, recently, and he was saying that it didn't start off that way, that it was, it was about a show, that it was about, because it was because we couldn't pitch that idea to the networks, because the networks were saying, well, we, we, we don't want to run a show that, that's not based on it. He says, okay, well, it's based on the life of a yeah. comedian. And then, of course, they did the show where they pitched it to a, a big network, and the guy said, "What's it about?" And he says, "It's about nothing." And and then the executive says, "Well, why why am I watching it?" And George says, "Because it's on TV." And he says, "Not yet." So, <laughs> great show, I love it. Still funny to this day. And it was Larry opinion. David. It's Larry yeah. Larry David is one of the creators as well, right? Who, who really was supposed to be George, Costanza, oh. but he didn't, didn't want to do it. He, he didn't. He didn't want to become a character on television, so he decided not to. And then, of course, years later, he comes, she shows up on television as himself. Yes, I forget the name of that show. Arrested Development. Yes, I think I've seen some of that. Wasn't as good. Development. Yes, I believe so. Anyway, anyway, it is the Avoid Probate Show that we're here to talk about today, of course. And once again, glad you're uh, joining us. And we're going to talk about something we've never talked about before. It is a special season in in some regards, uh, other than winter. Right? You know what I'm alluding to here? Do you know what I'm alluding to when I say it's a special He's season? the um, TFSA and RSP. Yes, exactly. It's RSP. And now, recently, we add TFSA to the title of the season we're in. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to talk about this uh, to some extent and explain what that means, because I'm, I'm always uh, amazed at the confusion that's out there still. And uh, I'll maybe hopefully answer some questions and explain some of the theory and and some of the background. And of course, tie it all in to probate and how it's related to probate, because that's what we do here on the Avoid Probate Show. So having said that, I think it's a good time to top up your tea or your coffee. And we'll take a quick break for our first break. And we'll be right back to um, inform the listeners. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. Good afternoon, friends. We are gathered here to remember, insert your name, and we're heartbroken because, insert your name, did not avoid probate. So the loved ones of, insert your name, have to wait a long time for what rightfully is theirs. I see I've made you cry. Recent changes in law make probate slower, more complicated, and more expensive. Don't make it harder for your loved ones. Avoidprobate.ca this is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Welcome back. You are listening to the Avoid Probate Show. I'm Ted Walsh and he's Jason Laidler and you may reach him. You can reach him whenever you wish. There are several ways to do that. Info at avoidprobate.ca is the email. Info at avoidprobate.ca or toll free 1-844-667. 7628 and there's a lot of great info on the website by the way 
Go to avoidprobate.ca, including a free probate calculator you can play with and get an idea of how much probate might be payable on your estate. So the website is avoidprobate.ca. Jason? Thanks, Ted. I appreciate that. I should point out, we were talking about uh, Seinfeld. Yes. He corrected us during the commercial break that no, no, the show that he's on is called Curb Your Enthusiasm. Some reason uh, I confused the titles of those two shows. Yeah, and I've seen both of them, and I just deferred to you as I always do. So um, thanks, Kelly, for that correction. We're going to talk about um, RSP stuff and TFSA stuff. You know, this conversation comes up. I'll just remind the listeners. I mean, even though it's the Avoid Probate show, and we're going to talk about probate, of course, and how it relates. You know, we are first and foremost like regular fun. I don't want to say regular. We're financial advisors who can can deal with all parts of the of the financial picture and that often includes an rsp or if you're of a certain age it may include a riff we'll talk about that as well the rsp was introduced way back in 1957 as a way for canadians to to motivate canadians to save for their own retirement so that you don't have to rely so much on the government and i still talk to people who where, where it's misunderstood and i and i get that because i'll hear someone say to me um oh i don't believe in rsps because my dad had to pay a bunch of tax or something like that. And that tells me that they don't understand how it works. And they're in good company, uh, for sure. Or I'll say to uh, somebody about their their investments to try and get an idea of how they want to invest their money, whether it's GICs or equity funds or whatever the case may be. And they'll answer me by saying, well, I have an RSP. And that tells me they don't understand how it works because the RSP is not an investment. It's a registration title. And there's different registrations. There's many, actually. They're all full of acronyms, which I won't get into right now. The RSP being one of the more common ones that more, most people are familiar with. So let's explain how it works a little bit. You know, it's an umbrella, and you can have different kinds of investments inside or underneath this umbrella. The typical ones, the GIC, um, SEG funds, of course, which is uh, what we are promoting here for the most part as a solution to avoiding probate. But also, you know, you can have bullion. You can have cash. You can have your mortgage. There's all kinds of different types of investments that can be inside the RSP. So why is there an RSP season? Uh, a lot of people think it's a March It's a March 1 thing, and it's not technically a March 1st thing. It's a first 60 days of the new year thing. And why is that important? Why does that matter? Well, in the first 60 days, all your contributions to your RSP, to your savings plan, by the way, Registered Retirement Savings Plan, that's what RRSP stands for. Some people shorten it to just RSP, same thing. Don't be confused. Same thing exactly. Registered Retirement Savings Plan. The money you put into this plan in the first 60 days of the calendar year, which we're in right now, hence RSP season, you have a choice with this money. You can decide if that contribution is going to be a deduction in this year, 2022, because you made it, you made the contribution in 2022, or you're allowed to make the deduction for last year's income, in this case, 2021. And the reason for that is because today, January 16th, not everybody knows what their total income was for the last calendar year because you don't have your T4 slips yet or mm. whatever, whatever T slips you get in the T4A, T4s are different slips, of course. A lot of people today haven't done the math yet to figure out what the total income was for the last calendar year. And so you don't know until you do that math and do that that exercise, uh, should I make the deduction apply to last year or not? Because the benefit of the RSP contribution is that every dollar that goes into that plan 
is a dollar you don't have to pay income tax on. Hence the deduction value. And it's, it's a one-to-one. If I make a $1,000 RSP contribution, that's $1,000 that I don't have to pay income tax on, whether it's this year's money or last year's money, that choice is up to me for the first 60 days. That's why when you get RSP tax slips in the mail, there's one that specifies it's for the first 60 days only. And there's another one for what's called the remaining of the year. Because the remaining of the year, after starting day 61, I don't have a choice. If I make an RSP contribution in uh, April, it has to go against the year, uh, whatever that April is. In other words, April 2022, it goes against 2022's income. I, I can use it going in the future, but I can't use it going backwards after the first 60 days. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, when there's a leap year, that kind of changes things a little bit. Not much, but it, it confuses some people because, again, it's not a March 1st thing. It's a first 60 days thing. Do you happen to know if this is a leap year? Uh, no, it's not. It is not. The last leap year was 2020. The next leap year is 2024. And in that year, it'll be a Feb 29th deadline because 31 days in January, 29 days in that February, there's your 60 days. And I believe, you know, if the 60th day is like a Sunday, I think you get till the Monday. So it can, it can, it can twist a little bit like that. But anyway, that's, that's how it works. So some people will say to me, well, should I make an RSP contribution or make an extra mortgage payment? or make a TFSA contribution, or none of the above. And it boils down to the deduction. Is the deduction of any value to you? And in this country, we're taxed on our worldwide income marginally. So if, you, if you're a low-income earner, your rate of tax is less than it is if you're a high-income earner. And uh, if you're a low-income earner, no, the deduction may be of no value or of very little value. If you're a high income earner and you're in the 50% tax bracket for rough math, because that's basically what it is, well, then you're getting, you're saving 50 cents on every dollar that goes into the plan. Right. That's a big savings that adds up fast. And not, not only are you, because you're not paying the tax on that dollar, like I but, said. But there is a limit on how much you can put into an RSP. We're going to talk about that for sure. And I've got those figures here, but I just want to just finish the thought that you're not taxed on the dollar that went in and as that dollar grows over time, you're not taxed on the growth like you would be in a different type of investment, perhaps. And so 30 years later, let's say, you know, the government finally decides, okay, buddy, you haven't paid one cent of tax on the dollar you earned 30 years ago. And it's grown, it's multiplied four times since then. You haven't paid any tax on that either. And so they say, okay, based on your age and, and your intentions here, we need to start collecting some tax. Finally. So yes, you pay tax when the money comes out of the plan, whatever year that happens. Every dollar that comes out of the plan is treated as a dollar you earned in the year it comes out. Mm -hmm. And when you get to a certain age, they force you to start taking it out. That's called a riff. I'm going to talk about that in a second because I want to get back to your point. There is a limit because it's lucrative in the sense that you're saving potentially, if you're a high income earner, you're saving 50 cents on the dollar. That's 50 cents on the dollar the tax man's not getting. So the government's not going to let you put a million bucks in there because no. that's just too much tax they're being shortchanged on. Maybe shortchanged is the wrong word, but it's tax that you're not paying to the government when you make that contribution. So the, the formula for calculating what the limit is, it's 18% of your earned income, emphasis on earned income because not all income is earned, but it's 18% of earned income to a maximum amount. And that maximum amount increases annually with inflation, unless, of course, the government makes a policy change 
well, I won't get into that. But the max contribution for 2022 is 29. It's just over 29,000 bucks. Okay. So you're saying earned income. So for example, if I'm collecting uh, CPP or old age security, that's not deemed earned income. That's correct. That is called passive income. It is not earned income. But you are taxed on that. (laughs) That's right. But it doesn't generate RSP contribution room for you. It is not earned income. And so one trick, not well, one good planning strategy is if anybody with a business, actually, I don't even know if you, if you need a business really, but pay your kids. And I, I tell this to people all the time, pay the kids something instead of giving them an allowance, pay them and have them taxed on it because there's a personal exemption. Nobody pays tax on the first $10,000. I think it's actually up to $12,000 now. Last time I checked, nobody pays tax on the first 12 grand and that you earn. So, in, okay, let's say it's 12 grand for easy math. You can pay your kid a thousand bucks a month, but it's gotta be, it's gotta be legit. You say he's uh, sweeping the floor. He's uh, tidying up my desk. He's uh, opening my mail. He's putting flyers out around the neighborhood, whatever the job is. Mm-hmm. So some, some reasonable job that pays a reasonable amount for that job is entirely legitimate. And that's instead of the allowance. And now the, now the kid has earned income and he's generating RSP contribution room. And it's a taxable deduction if you're a business owner. So that's a good strategy. And people say, well, I can't pay my kid. He's only eight. Sure you can. You know, the eight-year-old can clean up and he can, like I said, open the mail and he can do this and that. So that's what happens. That's earned income for him. And that creates RSP room and a deduction for the business owner. Yeah. Just be very careful because I know people who've tried to pull that off and they say, okay, well, show us exactly what he does and how he does and whatever, because they can be real sticklers too especially if you're going through an audit. So just be very careful. Be very careful. That's why I said it's got to be reasonable. Yeah. You you can't pay the kids 75 grand for, uh, (laughs) yeah, exactly. I don't know for doing the dishes or something like that, unfortunately. So that's what the RSP does. And I hope that's, that's clear. And like I said, inside the RSP, the investments can range. We're not really getting into that right now, but they can include the seg funds, which are the solution to the, to the probate problem. Uh, Oh, I should add the RSP is a form of a registered plan registered right in the title And the registered plans, you can put beneficiaries on these plans at the plan level. Okay, I want to talk a little bit more about RSPs and spousal RSPs and what that means. That's confusing. We'll talk about the RIF. We'll talk about the TFSA. We've got to go to our second break, and we'll pick up where we left off right after this quick break. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. My name is Marilyn, and I avoided probate. Marilyn is a good daughter who wants the best for her elderly mom. Um, why is she overdrawn on her account? What's going on here? Her mom had money, much of which was tied up in non-registered accounts like GICs, paying next to no interest, which meant... She was dipping into her capital big time because the residence she was staying in was very costly. So she was overdrawn on her account four times a month. Marilyn wanted to disperse the money for her mom's needs using her power of attorney. The bank refused, saying the accounts were in her mom's name only, and then rubbed salt in the wound. They pushed it back on the family and said it was all our fault. We should have been on top of it, not them. That's when Marilyn got a hold of Jason at avoidprobate.ca. He accompanied Marilyn to the bank to move mom's money. Why? The insurance companies now have as many, if not more, investment options than the banks have. 
Plus, we can also put a 100% death benefit guarantee on the account once it's at the insurance company. Anybody who has non-registered accounts at the bank needs to look into the services we provide at avoidprobate.ca. I don't know how long my mother is going to live. None of us know. So my thing was, if she lives to 100, there'll be more than enough money to sustain her. How was avoidprobate.ca able to help Marilyn's mom? It's a good news story. The account is earning much more than it did when it was at the bank in a low-paying GIC. But more importantly, it's still 100% mom mom's money. There's no joint owner on the account, but there is a beneficiary on the account, which wasn't there before. Which means no tax issues and no probate to worry about. I share my story with as many people as I can, and I hand out Jason's cards to lots of people and say, call this man. He'll walk you through it. Call us at avoidprobate.ca on the toll-free number, but call us before your mom or dad passes away. That's when we can help you. Avoid probate like Marilyn did with avoidprobate.ca. Call 1-844-667-7628. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. And once again, welcome back. Good morning to you. This is Ted Wallerton along with Jason Laidler, and you're listening to the Avoid Probate Show. And the information that we provide for you in this program, by the way, is for general consumption only. It's not intended to provide particular legal nor investment advice. Each situation is different. So if you have legal or investment questions, you should speak with a licensed expert. Or, of course, you can contact Jason, info at avoidprobate.ca or toll-free 1-844-667-7628. And he is a licensed expert. Me, I'm licensed to kill. <laughs> That's right. Uh, thanks for that, Ted. Okay. The RSP stuff again. So I mentioned uh, the options about the mortgage payment, the TFSA versus the RSP contribution. It's all about the deduction. Getting back to the mortgage payment, you know, mortgage money, like interest rates are crazy low. Everybody with GICs or uh, high interest savings accounts knows this. And so I'm not a big fan of making the extra mortgage payment when your mortgage rate is 3%. Uh, you're going to save, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 cents on the dollar by making the RSP contribution. And that's going to outweigh the, the benefits of the uh, 3% on the mortgage by far, but you know, some people it's just a, it's a, it's an issue because they think uh, it's debt and I got to get rid of debt. I got to get rid of debt no matter what. But yeah. really, if, if you do the math on it, it can make really good sense to leave that debt there and build your total net worth over here with the growing RSP. Sure. And, and the same thing is true as well as if, if you accumulated $40,000 worth of credit card debt, don't worry about paying down your mortgage. Get rid of your credit cards because you're paying 14, 18, point. 21% uh, interest rates on your card and not on your mortgage. Good point. I mentioned that uh, there is a limit to the length of time the government's going to let you enjoy this little RSP uh, tax-free party. And most people will be familiar with the fact that at the age of 71, you have to do something with your RSP. Now, I was doing a bit of research uh, for the show, of course, because I wanted to look up some of the tables. I'll get to that in a second. And I found this uh, website. I'm not going to really name the website itself, but I thought it had the information I was looking for. And it says, and I'm going to quote from this this uh, website where this uh, so-called financial advisor has, has written this. And, it's, and it says, and I quote, well, the title is Eight Things to Know About RIFs in 2022. RIF, Registered Retirement Income Fund, is what most people convert the RSP to at age 71. Before the end of the year that you turn 71, that's the deadline. 
before the end of the year. And anyway, the, the quote I want to talk about here says, registered retirement savings plans are Canada's most popular retirement savings vehicle for good reason. You get a tax deduction for the contributions you make plus the amount saved, which grows in a tax-sheltered account. Okay, I think that's confusing and I think it's misleading. That's really not the point I want to make. Carrying on. But in the end, the government wants its taxes. So in the year you turn 71, an RSP must be converted into a registered retirement income fund. That's what it says on this website. It says, I'll say it one more time, in the year you turn 71, an RSP must be converted into a registered retirement income fund. That is not true. It is not true. And no wonder people are confused. And I've said this on the show before, that you have one of three options. And nobody I don't know why people don't talk about the other options. The option one, cash the whole thing in. Now, I'm not saying that's attractive and it's not going to apply to most situations, but it is an option. And there can be reasons to cash the whole thing in. Every situation is different, like you said in the disclaimer, and that's proof. Option number two, you can convert it to something called a registered annuity. I'm not going to talk about what that means today, but a registered annuity is an option. And finally, option three is convert it to a RIF. So depending on your situation, and this is why you need to talk with an expert, hopefully one with some experience in this field, not every option is, you know, you got to figure out what the best option is in your case. Now, most people, like I said, are going to use the RIF and the RIF is the RSP in reverse, basically. That's how I describe it, because now the tax man is going to say, okay, Ted, time to start paying the piper. And by the way, you don't have to wait to 71 to convert to a RIF. There could be reasons to do it at the age of 68, for example. In any case, the amount that you have to take out of the plan is an amount that's based on your age. So it's an amount that's increasing as you get older. And whether you need that income or not, the government says, too bad, we don't care, it's coming out. Or even if it doesn't come out, we're pretending it came out, we're taxing you on it accordingly. So the formula to figure out how much you have to take out used to be, in my mind, very simple. It used to be one over 90 minus your age. One over 90 minus your age. But a few years ago, they complicated things, of course. But for the benefit of, of seniors, really, because they they lowered the minimum amount that you have to take out of the plan. So I, I have an example. If you're 78 in 2022, well, let's look at the old plan. The old plan, one over 90 minus 78 is one over 12 is 8.3%. That 8.3% would have been the minimum amount you have to take out of the plan, whether you need the income or not. Because of the changes that they made for the benefit of seniors, the new, and this is the table I had to look up here because I don't have it memorized, the 78-year-old this year has to take out 6.3, uh, rounds up to 6.4, I guess, 6.4% instead of 8.3%, roughly a two percentage point difference. So they reduced the minimum amounts by 25%, basically across the board. And that's good because there was, there was seniors who were saying, you know, I don't want to pay the tax on this money if I don't need it and I want to leave it in the plan as long as I can. So they did something good for the seniors or anybody who has a RIF. So it's a little bit of a savings there. By the way, when you get to a certain age, I'm going to say 95. I stand to be corrected on that. I don't have it on my table. When you get to a certain age, I said the rate goes up every year. The rate becomes 20%. So if you live long enough, you're going to be taking 20% out of this plan and your plan is going to zero pretty fast because I don't know a lot of RIF holders who are making more than 20% on average return in the plan. I mean, if you did, you know, you it would be a wash. If I had to take 20% out and I made 20%, it'd be a wash. That doesn't happen very often because generally RIF people are what we consider conservative investors. Okay. But, I want to... By the same ahead. token, if, if you had to take over 20%, for example, let's yeah. say $100,000, you got to take over 20 grand. You don't need the 20 grand. You say, okay, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put that 20 grand in and I'm going to buy some stocks. Yeah. Or whatever you want. Yeah. 
give it away to the grandkids. Uh, or something that'll make money for me since I had to take it out and pay tax on it. I might as well see if I can recoup that loss. Well, I'm glad you said that because what you can do with it is you can put it into your TFSA. So let's talk about the TFSA. Uh, relatively new. I think it's nine years now. I'm not sure about that. That's relatively new. And the difference is widely misunderstood. No tax deduction for the contribution to the TFSA. So it doesn't matter what tax bracket you're in. You don't get a deduction. You don't save income tax by making a TFSA contribution. So where's the attraction? What's the value? Well, the value is unlike the RSP or the RIF, when the dollar comes out of the TFSA, it's not taxed. It's not treated as income for you the year it comes out. And all the growth inside the plan isn't taxed. So my $1,000 RSP, sorry, my $1,000 TFSA contribution, let's just say it grows to be a hundred grand because I'm, I'm a good investor. Well, I take the hundred grand out, lump sum if I want to, no tax to pay at all. And that's a nice thing. That's an attractive investment option. And there's not many other investment options like that. The principal residence so far until, until that changes, there's rumors, like I've said, that that's going to change, but still today, the growth on your principal residence is also tax-free. So because of this tax advantage, and that's another registered plan, TFSA is registered. There's, there's limits. That's what a registered plan means. Someone's watching it. Someone's monitoring it. It's, a, it's registered with the government. And so you can't put a million bucks in there and benefit from the tax-free growth on a million bucks. The limits, they've bounced around over the years. Just uh, you know, a few weeks ago or a week and a half ago, you received another $6,000 of room on your TFSA. Six grand has been the new annual increased limit amount for the last couple of years. It has bounced around over the past few years, but it is $6,000 for an additional $6,000 for 2022. And most people probably haven't taken advantage of that yet because it's early days in 2022. But it's one of those things where if you don't use it, it rolls over. It's not a use it or lose it proposition. So for example, if you've never made, if you've never put $1 into the plan, the maximum contribution amount for 2022 is $81,500. $81,500 is the most you can put in of new money. Why do I say that? If you've made a withdrawal from a TFSA in past years, you're allowed to put that money back. It's a new year. You can't put the money back in the year you make the withdrawal, but you can put it back in a different year going forward. Mm-hmm. So 81500 of fresh money, plus you can replace any withdrawals that you might have made in the past. That's the gist of the TFSA. If anybody has any questions or wants to know more, of course, call us anytime. We've got to go to another quick break. We'll be right back after this. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Welcome back. You're listening to Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler and me, Ted Wallace. And you can contact Jason during the week, toll free, 1-844-667-7628, or email info at avoidprobate.ca, Jason. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Ted. Before I get to the mailbag, and I'm, I'm definitely going to get to the mailbag, I just want to tie up uh, what we were talking about with the, the RSP stuff and the TFSA and, and relate this to probate, because that's why we're here. We're here to talk about how to avoid probate on the Avoid Probate show. So I mentioned that there's limits, right, to the amount you can put into the RSP. There's limits to how much you can put in the TFSA, 81500 of new money in 2022. So if you have more than that, 
what do you do? If you just sold your house or you sold something else or you received an inheritance or whatever the case may be, I mean, and this happens obviously all the time, you can't register the excess. So you have to put that money somewhere if you're investing it at all. Most people are putting it at the bank, although you know we like to think we have a better option than that. I know we have a better option than that, but it goes into what's called a non-registered account. Because once you've registered everything you can register, you can't, you have no choice. You have to put it into a non-registered account. And that can hold different investments, right? The, the registration title doesn't talk to what's invested. It doesn't mean if it's a GIC, a piece of gold, a mortgage, a seg fund, whatever. But whatever it is, it's not registered. And that's the problem that we're trying to solve here at the on the Avoid Probate Show, because you can't put a beneficiary on the non-registered money. And so it gets probated. The solution, if you're under 85, it costs nothing to do this transfer. We do it for you. We do all the work. We facilitate it. You have to use a licensed advisor to do this and transfer that investment money over to the insurance company into a portfolio you're happy with. A ton of options. And I say it all the time, the insurance companies have as many, if not more, investment options than the banks do. So we just move that non-registered money over put the beneficiaries on it, the kids, the church, the cat, whoever it needs to be. And then that avoids the probate. It solves the probate problem. Now, okay, that's my segue. Speaking of probate problems, got an interesting call from a gentleman. We'll call him Frank. Frank's wife passed, not 2021, in 2020 she passed. And most of it's been taken care of, settled already, except there's a safety deposit box. And interestingly, the bank is requiring Frank to probate the safety deposit box before they'll let him into it. They're denying him access. And just as a sidebar, he told me that he thinks his in-laws stole the key for the safety deposit box. So whatever. So Frank gave instructions to the bank to drill it out. And they did that. They took his instructions. They drilled it out. They moved the contents from this box that they just drilled out into a new box, relocked it, and said to Frank, we're not going to let you have access to it until you get probate. And he's saying, well, I think the will is in the safety deposit box. So here's that catch-22 we've talked about before. He can't probate the will. He doesn't have it. And he can't get it until it gets probate. So I had to laugh. And I gave Frank a suggestion. I said, book a meeting with the branch manager, explain the situation, offer to sign the letter of indemnity, releasing the bank of any liability, and see what he says. I, I said, I guarantee you, it's not the first time the branch manager, you know, finds the will in the safety deposit box. That's a common practice, not necessarily a wise one, but a common one. And I offered to go to the bank with Frank. He called me back and said, okay, the appointment's booked for such and such a time. As it happened, I couldn't go out of conflict, but he called me and he said, good news. It worked. It's a success story. The branch manager agreed and uh, offered to offer the forms to Frank to sign for the letter of indemnity. And Frank did that. And so they're processing it and he will soon have access <laughs> to those late wife's safety deposit box. So that's a success story. And I thought it was kind of funny. And, and what if the will is not in there? Well, it doesn't matter what's in there. I mean, if the point was that the only thing he was asked to probate was that box, there was no probate required anywhere else. And I've got I another, I've got another story about that. Yeah. So in this case, it doesn't really matter if the will's in there or not. Once they waived the probate, that was the only item that he had to worry about probating. So they waived it. It's all good. But we'll call this listener Beth, not her real name, of course. We protect the names of the innocent here. Beth's friend passed away recently. 
And I don't think it was a surprise. And so Beth was added as a joint owner on her friend's account at the bank. Now, I got a problem with joint ownership, and we'll talk about that again in an upcoming show. But anyway, that's what happened. And Beth's friend had already sold the house. That's why I think this was planned. The house was sold. The entire estate of the friend was liquid at the bank, mainly in a non-registered account, because you can't register a million bucks when you sell your house, like I said, and also a small riff. And the riff had a beneficiary named on it. So the riff wasn't a problem. And I don't want to talk about the riff. Just say it wasn't a problem because there was a beneficiary on it. Beth, like with good intentions, went to the friend's lawyer to get a copy of the will to share this will with the bank. And uh, I said to her, why? I don't understand the thing. Well, I do understand the thinking. You know, I, I said to, I explained to Beth that will, unless it's been probated and it wasn't because with the joint ownership that Beth had on her friend's account, the money in the account just automatically uh, became Beth's. So there was no need to probate that. There was no need to probate the riff. I specifically asked, were there any other assets? She said, no. So the friend's entire estate avoided probate. So I said, why bother taking the will to the bank? She was, well, I just wanted, you know, to be everything above board and, and whatnot. And I said, besides, you know, as far as the bank's concerned, the will that you're presenting isn't worth the paper it's written on if it hasn't been probated, right? Because that could be one of several wills. It might be a will that's been updated. I mean, it might be a will that you wrote yesterday on behalf of your, like, they don't know. And that's what the probate process does, right? We talked about this just last week when we did probate 101, or we reviewed it, maybe it was 201, explaining the process is that court process that validates and recognizes, okay, this is the will that we're going to say is the, is the legit will. And that hadn't been done. So really, it was a waste of time for Beth to take the will to the bank. And that she was the second person who told me they were doing this in, in the last couple of weeks. I said, you know, what they really want to see is the death certificate. That's worth more to the bank than the will is because the death certificate proves your friend has passed away and that the account is now entirely yours. Mm -hmm. So she said, yeah, you're right. She goes, I guess I, I guess it, I didn't really need to worry about all that. So lastly, I think I got time to squeeze in one more here. Yep. We'll call her Mary. Again, not her real name. Mary's parents passed away. Mary has two other sisters, had two other sisters. The sisters, the girls inherited the cottage from mom and dad. Fine. Uh, we've talked about this. In fact, I did some homework. I went back to the archives because, as you've mentioned, the podcasts are available through the website, and they're all listed there. They're all dated. They're all titled. The September 19th podcast, the show that aired on September 19th last year, is called What About the Cottage? So if anybody wants to hear more about cottage planning, that's an option anytime you want, uh, wherever you get your podcast. And the one sister, I called her Mary, she bought out one of her other sisters. So now she owns two-thirds. And the other sister who owned a third passed away. And the sister with the one third left her third to four kids. <laughs> so now the kids, four kids own a 12th. Mary owns two thirds. And she's like, what do I do? Like, it's not an ideal situation. This is why cottage succession, like it very rarely goes past the first, the next generation. Yeah. Okay. You can leave it to the kids once. Leaving it to the grandkids, like, Forget it. I mean, what a challenge, especially if there's numbers, right? You know, grandkids, spouses, whatever, nieces, nephews, et cetera. This person's interested. This person's not interested. This person can afford their share. This person can't afford their share of the taxes, whatever. Like I said, September 19th last year, the show's called What About the Cottage? Lots more information there. So I just wanted to share that it was an interesting call from a listener who has cottage 
planning issues. Uh, probate is related to this, of course, because unless the cottage gets put inside a bear trust, we've talked about that. Yep. We, did a, we did a whole show on that. We'll talk about it again. We're not going to talk about it today, but I think that's all we have time for this week's mailbag. One last time, if you want to hear past episodes, just go to the website, click the listen here button, and they're all there for you to hear anytime you want, wherever you get your podcast. And of course, you can probably find Ted Walsh in the podcast wherever you get your podcast as well. Correct, Ted? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And the email, by the way, is avoidprobate, info at avoidprobate.ca. If you'd like to send an email to Jason, if you want to go to the website, it's www.avoidprobate.ca, and you will find an opportunity there to see how much you might have to pay on your estate, how much probate you may be payable on, may be payable on your estate, as well as going back and clicking on to older episodes. Yeah. And keep these letters and emails coming in, please, because we've said it before, you're helping other people. It's easy to assume that there are other people in a similar situation or they know people in a similar situation and the light bulbs going on when they hear this stuff. And they're like, oh, you know, I didn't know that. I didn't know these guys were around for to help with this problem. And yep. we are. We're here to help with all your probate related problems. OK, we will take a break and come back and wrap up the show. You are listening to the Avoid Probate Show. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. Good afternoon, friends. We are gathered here to remember, insert your name, and we're heartbroken because, insert your name, did not avoid probate. So the loved ones of, insert your name, have to wait a long time for what rightfully is theirs. I see I've made you cry. Recent changes in law make probate slower, more complicated, and more expensive. Don't make it harder for your loved ones. Avoidprobate.ca this is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Welcome back. You are listening to the Avoid Probate Show with Ted Wallison and Jason Laidler. And again, uh, the number to call during the week, it's toll free, 1-844-667-7628. Email info at avoidprobate.ca. And we've been talking about TFSAs and RRSPs for people who have never enlisted enrolled in either of those programs where would you do that and what's the best way to go about that jason well good question the best way is to call us because and i meant to say this earlier in the show when we're talking about these registered plans and there's other types of registered plans as well there's locked in plans that pension money becomes if you leave an employer etc etc lots of registered plans lots of uh, lots of acronyms but we are here to help you with all that stuff because we are general financial planners you know i became a, a certified financial planner way back in 2001 a long time ago and so i've got tons of experience uh, advising on these plans setting up new plans uh, simplifying plans reviewing plans so anybody with any of these registered plans that exist today who would like a review uh, a no cost uh, you know independent review we're independent advisors so we're not tied to any financial institution happy to do that or to your point we can create a new plan as well anytime that somebody is interested or even in having the discussion because maybe the plan, maybe it's not a good idea. You know, I need to know what, like you say, every situation is different so I can help make that determination. So give us a call. It's a no charge consultation and we'd be happy to help with the non-registered stuff, which is a problem for you and the registered stuff as well. Right. 
Okay. Well, so there you go. One, one stop shopping, one stop shopping, independent advisors with years of experience and lots of qualifications and credentials. And once again, no charge for the consultation, no charge for the consultation ever. Excellent. So I think it's safe to say um, that we didn't do nothing today. National do nothing. Today. I'm sure there'll be people who will be living up to it. In fact, I yeah. think I will later on this afternoon. How, how about this? Maybe you should <laughs> maybe you should do nothing for the rest of the day. How's that sound? I'm just going to sit back and watch football, <laughs> which is in some people's minds is absolutely doing nothing. I'm sure it is. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I mean, there's not a lot of work involved in going click, click. Okay. Sandwich, beer, click. Well, enjoy your football. I'm not the NFL guy that you are. I've said that before. Big Argo fan, big CFL guy, but not really an NFL guy. But anyway... Uh, enjoy the rest of your do nothing day. Thank you to the Zoomer listeners for not doing nothing by listening to the Avoid Probate Show this morning. Thank you to Kelly, our producer, of course. Oh, and and she's actually she's working extra hard today because we are doing this differently and we're figuring it out. And apologies if we sound different, but that's why, right? We're over different airwaves today. You could say, right. I guess, we're zooming uh, on Zoom, something like that. Yeah, yeah is that what we call it? Thanks to Ted Wallison for his decades of radio excellence. Thanks once again to all the listeners. Please join us again next Sunday. What do you think, Ted? Same time uh, next Sunday. Would you try this again? Yes, we will. <laughs> okay. We will indeed. Enjoy your do-nothing day. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Have a good week. You've been listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.